Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Episode 50 of Believe Betting LA. We got a return to action episode. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, joined as always by my co host, Chris Lewitt. And Chris, we are about one full week into the NBA restart. We're a little bit over a week into the baseball restart, actually, two weeks into the baseball restart. Tonight would have been the NFL Hall of Fame game. NFL camps are getting going here. We've got a lot of news with the college football. A bunch of high-profile athletes are, are opting out. Uh, we'll talk about all of those things a little bit later, but let's bring in my co-host here, Chris Lewert. Chris, how good does it feel to actually have real, live betting action once again? It's uh, it's almost too much. I wanted it back so badly, and then it came, and all of a sudden I felt overwhelmed and you know was having trouble in that groove of looking at lines and then, you know, putting them in our calculator and then figuring out if it's good or not and then betting it. And it just, it was sloppy. It was like, uh, my muscle memory, you know, keystrokes and clicking and all that and shortcuts on my, on my computer were, were forgotten. And, uh, it became a a little bit messy, a little bit overwhelming, but, Mm -hmm. um, that first rush of, uh, you know, betting a, a baseball first five inning over and having it hit in the second inning. Uh, that's my favorite thing. And I, and I sit back and just, and watch the game and critique to myself mm-hmm. how, how smart I am for having yeah, that. Right. It's funny. It works that way, but it doesn't always work the other way around when your, your baseball over, you know, is, is done, or I guess in this theory, uh, you know, it wouldn't be this way, but if you had a baseball under and it went over the second inning, you wouldn't be sitting there thinking, wow, how dumb am I for doing that? It only, it only works when you, when you win the bet, right? Yeah, and we, we discussed this before too. Is uh, I was in I was in Las Vegas uh, signing up for for betting contests, COVID negative everybody. So kudos to me for being safe and making it out alive. Um, you know, I won. I placed some bets and I won some bets. I lost some bets, but I won some bets. And all I could think about was why didn't I bet more? Like I should have bet more. I should have bet twice yeah. as much, three yeah. times as much. I should have bet ten grand on that. That was automatic. Right. Losing feels terrible, and then winning doesn't feel as good as losing feels bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, look, we're, we're in the business of obviously making money here, and some people do gamble for a living. Uh, I know obviously you're trying to make it happen with Stack Capital, but uh, for most of us, it's a casual way to have fun, to hopefully get a little bit of beer money, a little bit of pizza money. But look, there's a reason why it's very, very difficult. It's because if you win one and you lose one, you still end up losing money because yep. obviously these books take bigs. That's the way they make money. Uh, and so it's not easy. It's not easy to do this. This isn't the stock market where generations of guys have been building wealth for their families for a long time, where it's kind of like built to succeed almost. Uh, this is actually the opposite. This is built to fail. Uh, so you have to understand that and you have to go into it knowing, uh, really with anything gambling, not just sports gambling related, you have to be okay losing the amount of money that you're putting down because guess what? You're going to lose and you're going to yep. lose a lot of the time. Now, that being said, if you listen to this podcast, hopefully you lose more often, or excuse me, you win more often than you lose. Um, but, you know, we, we've definitely provided a lot of losing bets as well. You know, you hope sure. to win 55% bets uh, of your bets. And if you can win anything more than that, uh, it's gravy. Now, we were talking, Chris, before we got on the air here today. We really lament not having preseason football. That was one of our hottest items over the last year. We've done this podcast. This is actually episode 50. Uh, and we've done this podcast for a little over a year now. 
and it really was our, our by far our best stretch yep. there. We, I think of our best stretches have all been football related, uh, which is not necessarily great for this particular episode because we don't talk about football for another few weeks. But last year's preseason was very profitable for us. Last year's bowl season, if you remember, uh, college football bowl season was yep. very profitable for us. And then, of course, uh, this April's NFL draft was probably our best, at least margin of victory. Um, we had a, a splash, a series of different hits in the NFL draft. So that being said, not that we can't talk baseball, that we can't talk basketball. We will. I just do think for both of us that football is our specialty. Chris, of course, uh, was a D, D2 or D3 for, for, uh, for Claremont. D- Division three. Division three. So a Division three athlete in Chris and myself, uh, not a college athlete, but, but a big fan of football. Definitely my favorite sport. Definitely the sport I know best. All right. Let's move on here, Chris. Let's just... Let's just talk real quickly. Let's go round round table here, talking about LA sports. First impressions: Thursday night last week, Lakers and Clippers. The Lakers got a two point win. It was a great game all the way around. Lakers came out hot. Clippers came back with a huge run in the third quarter, uh, and the Lakers ended up winning by two points. LeBron had that uh, that putback to put them ahead by two points. Then played tremendous defense on both Kawhi and Paul George to clinch that game. Uh, Lakers have struggled since that game, though, Chris. They're only two and two in this NBA restart. Half of their Eight-game allotment. They got killed by the Raptors last Saturday. Uh, they beat the Jazz on Monday. Uh, and then yesterday, and again, we're recording this Thursday, August 6th in the afternoon, the late afternoon, uh, they got absolutely annihilated by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Tonight, Chris, we're having LeBron James out with a sore groin. Alex Caruso was out with a sore neck. All of a sudden, this very deep Lakers team is really a two-man show between LeBron and Anthony Davis. I was having this discussion with my roommates the other day, who are the Lakers? Who, who is the third best player on the team? Uh, Danny Green is usually a very reliable shooter. He's not shooting it well. Caruso, obviously, is a great player. Kuzma. Uh, but right now, they're really lacking the depth I think they're going to need to go all the way. This is not the look of a championship team right now. Yeah, they've – I mean, I think they, they're kind of downshifted, right? Um, I think LeBron is very cognizant of that, of when he needs to play and when he doesn't need to play. And – I believe they've locked up the first the first seed right in the West, so they you're going to have a lot of yeah you're going to have a lot of fake resting right a lot of oh sore groin you know sore neck sore knee sore elbow um, I don't know why they go through I know that the NBA will penalize you for that although I don't think they would do it now in the situation they're in but you know I don't know why those guys just don't go sit on the bench um, you know put on your warm ups and sit there I don't know why it has to be this whole fake I'm hurt thing I digress. Uh, but I, what I think I liked about the Lakers and the Clippers is it felt I, I don't get this impression every time I watch the NBA that everybody's always giving maximum effort. Um, I think maybe a couple guys on the floor are somebody's trying to get their numbers, somebody's trying to get their their rebound stats or what have you, playing for contracts, but not necessarily everybody is giving maximum effort, uh, especially if the games don't matter. But the Lakers Clippers didn't feel that way to me. That felt like very much like a game one of a seven game series. Uh, those guys going back and forth, a little rusty at times, but. I am very much – we will all be greatly saddened if they do not meet in the playoffs for some reason because um, I think it's going to be an awesome series. I think they match up really well, and I think just like you said, the Lakers – I mean, Davis and LeBron are a given, but you know, Kuzma just hasn't – everybody thought he was going to be a, a great third banana because he, he seemed to really shine at times um, with – before LeBron and then the you know the first year LeBron was here but wasn't quite as playing as much because the Lakers were so far out of it. He looked like he was on the cusp of being a star and now he's just been he's just kind of been inconsistent. I don't know if he's not comfortable with that role. 
it was more comfortable when there wasn't a lot of high expectations or what have you. But uh, that would worry me as a Lakers fan. And if I'm a Clippers fan, I just hope that internally we're not trying to kill Lou Williams because he decided he needed to go get some chicken wings. Uh, and put Lemon whole, pepper Lou, maybe. Yeah, try to go put the whole team in, in danger uh, by, by doing that because I'm, I'm going to get – I mean, the bubble's been a rousing success so far. Uh, hats it to the NBA, I think. MLB is greatly regretting. <laughs> MLB is the kid who had six weeks to do their report and started doing it the night before at 3 a.m. Annoying to me uh, as a Cubs fan. They've, looked, they've been on fire. Uh, so far, and it very well could be for not, you know, a quarter of the league could be out and could just be a disaster. Um, I hope the NFL is planning some sort of contingency. Uh, it doesn't feel like they are because they're so bullheaded, but maybe they are behind the behind the scenes. Um, but they, I don't know why they're not doing a the bubble. These guys all make a ton of money. It doesn't seem like, I know it's a sacrifice, but come on. And look, here, here's the difference. When you have the NBA, they are they're truly in the sense of the word a bubble. Very few people are coming in or out. Just the yep. absolute necessity. The guys that are already in the bubble can freely walk around. They don't have, you know, it's 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 truly like a bubble, like you you envision when you watch an episode of The Simpsons, and they have the actual like physical bubble over the town where yep. everyone's there. All the coaching staff is in there. The trainers are in there. All tested every single day. Uh, now you kind of have like a hybrid kind of bubble. That, what the Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are doing. Uh, I don't like the Saints, yeah. There's, there's things that are coming in and out a little bit more. You know, it's a much bigger team. You've got 75, 80 players in the roster right now, much bigger coaching staff and training staff and a lot of different people that need to be there. Um, but what they're doing is having a bubble in a hotel. So at least these players are locked down when they're not, you know, doing those things. So the problems that we've seen surface from Major League Baseball, you know, these are rumors, but the St. Louis Cardinals apparently went to a casino. Yep. The Miami Marlins apparently went out on the town in Atlanta and these are the things that are not only, you know, risk the season, but are a complete and utter public relations black eye for the league. It's one thing if you get sick because someone's wife got it and it spread and it spread to the team. You know, that's going to happen. I think a lot of people uh, will, will, will level with, you know, these teams and players in the league itself when something like that happens. But when you take it upon yourself to go outside the, the bubble, quote unquote, uh, for having fun or to pick up food or to go to a casino, you know, that's when it's just a disaster. And, and, you know, Rob Manfred even came out and said earlier this week that, you know, we're kind of in jeopardy of losing the season. The players start taking serious more seriously. And it almost felt like a direct shot at the players. And, and so hopefully we see some teams with a lot of discipline. Uh, and it's really going to come down to that, I think. But, you know, what I think the NFL could do, more teams like the Saints can say, hey, you know, we know we're going to travel. We know we're going to have people come in and out. That's inevitable. However, we're going to severely limit the amount of exposure that we can receive by making sure players cannot leave the hotel, you know, after practice concludes at 2.30 or whatever. We're going to have everything here. We're going to cater meals. We're going to bring the barber. We're going to do whatever we can to make sure you guys feel like you're not, we're not, you know, this isn't prison here. We don't want you to feel like you're not enjoying yourself. However, if you leave, you're jeopardizing the season. You're jeopardizing this team. So it's an interesting thought there. We kind of talked talked a little bit about the Clippers, you know, and, and just before we move on to Lakers, Chris, um, you know, obviously Lakers on Monday, they wrapped up the number one seed. They are playing for nothing. So take it for a grain of salt. Go out there. Danny Green's not shooting well. LeBron takes out a game. You know, they looked like crap yesterday against the Thunder. These are all meaningless games. They're completely and utterly meaningless. You know, another team that's, that's you know, one of the favorites in the NBA, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, they actually just clinched the number one seed in the East today. Uh, but they, you know, it was one of the biggest upsets of all time the other day when, the 18-point favorite Milwaukee Bucks lost to the undermanned, understaffed Brooklyn Nets. They were down 23 points today to the Heat until they came roaring back. So it's not like the Bucks are actually on, on fire either. 
Clippers have lost games. So, it, you know, I don't want to hold this too far against the Lakers, just, you know, on the eye surface, on the eye level. Uh, they do not look like the same team they were before. They obviously lost Avery Bradley. Um, they had made some new additions. It, it's just a, it's a different ball game, but I don't want to I don't want to say, oh, this guy's falling. The Lakers can't possibly beat the Clippers just because of a couple of games. They obviously just beat them last week. So it remains to be seen, but it's not exactly what you want to see if you are a Laker fan. But they're still playing good ball ultimately, and they're going to have the number one seed. Now let's move on. Let's talk about those those Clippers and. Um, you know, a lot of people were very concerned with the Clippers because uh, they had an opportunity, you know, in summer camp, which is what they called kind of the exhibition season before this eight-game restart. That um, you know, they didn't have a full complement of roster. Obviously, we talked about uh, Lemon Pepper Lou. He was gone for the first <laughs> two games. He missed a lot of that summer camp. Uh, Paul George, Kawhi were taking it very easily. Uh, Vita Subac, he got COVID and he wasn't playing. He wasn't even in the bubble. So this was a very short-staffed team, and a lot of people thought, well, maybe because they're not cohesive in this. Uh, in the exhibition games, they won't be able to come out and, and immediately uh, just go to town. Now, the Clippers have, have been pretty good. They've shot the ball pretty well. Um, defensively, they have not been that great. But, um, you know, I do think I've, I've liked what I've seen so far from the Clippers. Um, however, they are actually 1-2. So they're even worse record than the Lakers. Right now, as we speak, they have a 7-point lead on the Mavericks today. So they could even up their record at 2-2, two two, just like the Lakers. Uh, for whatever reason, Chris, even though they've had less success than the Lakers on the floor, I've been more impressed with them. Their, their losses... Uh, we're obviously at two-point loss to Lakers. The other loss was in a buzzer beater, a two-point loss to Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns, who are still undefeated. Um, I think ultimately the Clippers still look like that title contender that we thought they were uh, when the season was frozen in March. Yeah, I wish I could explain why I feel like the Lakers should have more of a sense of urgency. Maybe because I don't, outside of LeBron and Davis, it, it just, you kind of go looking, like who's going to show up. Losing Avery Bradley was actually a big damn deal because uh, in advanced metrics, he was like the third best perimeter or like three-point defender uh, in the league. And guess what people do a lot in the NBA? It turns out they shoot three-pointers. Uh, so that's that's a big loss for them. And uh, I just, I guess watching them, I want to I wanna see kind of a sense of urgency, right? Like I feel like you had a lot of time off. You know, I'm not doubting anybody's shape, but uh, this is the sprint, right? So a couple game, you know, three, four game lull here is all right. But, you know, even if they're they're playing a meaningless game right before the playoffs are supposed to start, you know, I would like to see LeBron and Davis and everybody just maximum effort for a half. I feel like Kawhi has kind of infected the whole team, right? Like he's a guy who shows very little emotion, but when the stakes are the highest, all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere, right? And is hitting jumpers and playing tough defense. And he seems like he has that light switch to turn it on and off. And I want to mm-hmm if that's permeated the rest of the Clipper team um, getting ready to do that. And I, I have kind of the utmost of confidence in them that they're going to, they're going to really hit the ground running. And I just worry more about it for the Lakers. Right. And, you know, like we said, for the Lakers seating doesn't matter. They're locked into that one seed. They have no control over who gets the eight seed, but look who's coming right now. The Portland trailblazers are only a game out of that eight seed. Uh, obviously they're way too far back of the Mavericks for that seven seed. So whoever comes out, of that eight seed is going to play Lakers. I think it's going to be the Blazers. They're finally healthy. They got Joseph Nurkic back, who's playing very good ball. They got Zach Collins back. He's playing well. They got two dynamic scorers in the in the backcourt. Really, all they don't have is someone that can uh, reasonably well defend LeBron James. So that's going to be a challenge for them. But you know, if I'm the Lakers, I'm very frightened by this Blazers team. Yeah, I don't want to play the Blazers. Do you want uh, like a crazy lot, Damian, lot of- Damian Damian Lillard like? You know, you know he's got two 40-point right. efforts in him, and, they've, uh, and they have he's a lot of huge chip on his shoulder. Too. A lot of postseason experience. That would be a team I would not want to play. Uh, now, the Clippers, meanwhile, they are uh, locked. In. They're right now at the 2C, but the Nuggets are right there, and, you know, things can change in a flash. I don't know if you'd rather play the Mavericks 
who they're playing today, or if you'd rather play the Rockets or maybe the Thunder, depending on how seating goes. There's a lot of different possibilities, but um, you know the Clippers, in in theory, still have something certainly to play for. Uh, but I just feel like they're a much deeper team than the Lakers right now. But uh, you know, as we've seen in the NBA, things can change very fast. So reasonably, we'll see Lakers the one seed. Clippers will be probably the two or the three. I mean, in the theory, they can go down to the four or the five, but very likely going to be. Uh, either the two or the three, and probably going to play either the, the team they're playing today in the Dallas Mavericks or the Rockets. So we talked about the NBA bubble. It seems to be doing extremely well. I really like the way they, what they've done with the court, the virtual fans, superimposing the, you know, the, the, the different arena names on the floor, the ads and the, the logos. Uh, I think they've done a, a sensational job, and not just with keeping players happy and safe, but uh, just the fan experience overall I think has been absolutely outstanding. I know they see Contrast. themselves as a they see themselves as a family product, but I would right. kill to have no crowd noise, yeah. no announcer, just squeaky chatting. shoes. You know, LeBron swearing at everybody. Right, right. Broadcast. Right. Last week, I forget which game it was. It was the game right before Clippers Lakers. Uh, there was like six or seven technical fouls <laughs> because you could hear everything. And and once they called that first one, they obviously had to be consistent. And so everyone's just getting teed up again and again. <laughs> that was not a very good viewing. Uh, uh, way to watch the game i'm sure the nba passed out the refs all right let's let's yeah. let some things go here too many guys are hitting the overs in these games but um <laughs> yeah before we move on here i just want to kind of talk about the run that i was on last week we identified chris and i both separately that uh, a lot of these players are going to come out after a long hiatus they're going to be extremely pumped up excited they're going to want to run they're going to want to score especially beginning before it kind of wears off and they get back into it so we both handicapped and said hey Let's take these first quarter overs. And on last Friday, the first full game, uh, first full day of games, it went six to zero. We were extremely hot. I think Chris got on it a little bit, probably too late, and then it went back the other way. Uh, and then also something that I noticed at the very beginning here, and it was an interview with Joe Harris on an exhibition game with the Nets sometime early last week. And uh, you know, he mentioned that the shooters are going to love the lighting in particular, which is something that I wasn't privy to or didn't wasn't aware of at least that these shooters. This is called theater lighting. If you'll notice, it's a, it's a much uh, it's not quite as bright as an arena would be. Obviously, all you're trying to do is light the court, not the arena. Uh, Staples Center does something very similar, just lighting the court. And so it's called theater lighting, not arena lighting. And apparently, it's much better for the sightlines of shooters. And so if you've noticed, a lot of shooters have been hot. Um, guys that you necessarily didn't even think of as a shooter are hitting threes. A, a lot of these overs are hitting because of that. There's a lot more fouls in the beginning because a lot of players weren't used to playing defense as much. So the overs have been hitting. I think both of us, I can say, Chris, are, are under betters typically. Uh, but I've been taking a lot. And I was taking the first quarter overs throughout last weekend. Uh, that was profitable. And then a lot of the overs. So today they're already 2-1. and one. I think we're going to see another one here with this Clippers Mavericks. So it's interesting to just kind of see the difference of dynamics. And that's as, as handicappers what we try to do. Identify things that are different right now. There's a lot of things that are different. So you want to take advantage of those things. If you have something that you find, go ahead and hammer that. There's no precedence. There's no statistics. There's no history. Uh, you could be right. And if you're right, you're going to be right in a very big way. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that, but my boy Joe Harris came up big. I, I had a, that was one of those, why didn't I bet $50,000 on this? <laughs> I think I, I had an over player prop over with him for like 17 and a half and he finished with 27. You know, he had, he had 17 points in the, in the middle of the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, but that's true. Like, guy, especially when the guy says it, he's like, I like this. This is how I feel like I know I'm going to hit another few shots. Um, yeah, why not? Like, that's a perfect example without precedence and things like that. If you catch a tidbit, like put a waiver on it. There's no reason right. you shouldn't put 20 bucks on something, because ultimately <laughs> you said this at the very beginning. Right. Like for very few of us, this is a career. It's supposed to be for enjoyment. Um, and if you get something like that, the, the positive feeling of, of right. The euphoria. Hearing, of yes. It. 
of hearing the information, acting on it, being right uh, is almost okay. better than the extra, you know, 20 or 50 bucks in your pocket. Right, exactly. So, <clears throat> all right, moving on. Let's talk baseball here. The Dodgers uh, are playing some good ball. They just came off a nine-game road trip, if you can even really call that anymore. They went seven innings <laughs> with the road trip, including a big series win uh, over the San Diego Padres. Chris Taylor had a uh, put him out, throw him out, double play to end the game yesterday, a one-run win. Dodgers are playing great ball. They have the best ERA in the NL. Uh, they have the best scoring a differential in the NL. I think in all of baseball, actually, at least as of the other day, Corey Seager's extremely hot. They're getting, hopefully, Mookie Betts back tomorrow from the swollen finger. Uh, give me your thoughts here, Chris, so far on the Dodgers. My concern with this team was they wouldn't have enough starting pitching depth. So far, that hasn't been a problem. Did I say this? I feel like I said this like three weeks ago, that I wasn't at all worried about the Dodgers because they were so like veteran team, been there before, like tasted the postseason, like totally locked in, totally focused, knew what they had to do, wasn't going to be any kind of rust on them. Uh, they've proven that a lot of people were like, oh, God, Kershaw's out. Like, here we go, going to be a disaster. They haven't even skipped a beat. Uh, they just look in total lockstep. I didn't even know Mookie Betts was out until somebody pointed out to me that Mookie Betts was out because the team has been playing so well. Uh, and arguably their best player, you know, talent-wise, certainly salary-wise, uh, but when you can do that, when you can absorb a blow like losing Kershaw for a couple starts and Betts being out for a week, uh, you are hitting on all cylinders. And I think that's going to pay big dividends for a team like that. When you're in a 60-game sprint, if you can jump out to a nice little lead, that's going to make, I think, a big difference when other teams are going to be limping in to the playoffs with the injured guys or starters with too many innings or things like that. You're going you're gonna to have an advantage, especially right. when you're a veteran team like that that doesn't need that extra edge that knows exactly what they have to do. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and they're at, Dodgers are actually not in first place right now. They are a half game behind the red hot Colorado Rockies. The NL West so far this season has been dynamite. The Padres are seven and six. The Rockies are nine and three. The Dodgers are sitting there in between those two teams at nine and four. So the expanded playoffs certainly may benefit the NL West more than any other division in baseball. Obviously, the Central seems like it's going to be Cubs right now. Uh, and in the East, believe it or not, the Miami Marlins with seventy-five percent of their team. <laughs> not playing or, or, you know, the replacement players are playing in their place. They're actually in first place right now by half game over the Atlanta Braves. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but the Dodgers are playing great ball. They're a 9-4. Uh, they're starting a series with their arch rival, San Francisco Giants. If they could get that one over, I think they'll probably to overtake uh, the Rockies here for first place. But uh, right now, it looks like the Dodgers are still certainly the team to beat, at least in the NL. There's a couple other teams that have obviously materialized as, as challengers. And look, we're, you know, it feels like the season just started. It was, it was, I think, two weeks ago today now. Um, but, you know, we're almost 25% of the way through the right, season. Isn't that crazy? Our, our, it's crazy? 13 games. By the end of this weekend, we will be at about 30% of the season already done. I mean, that is just so crazy to me. But that's, that's just the reality of a, of a 60-game season. So, uh, you know, injuries or, uh, as we mentioned earlier this season or earlier this offseason, that, you know, a, a, a three-game slide or something like that could, you know, devastate your, your chance to make the postseason. So, uh, yeah. right now, Dodgers are playing great baseball. I think the, the the team, like you said, is very focused. They, I don't think we're going to hear any story of, of the Dodgers going out partying like we did right. with both the Marlins uh, and the Cardinals because the Dodgers are on a mission. They know that this core is this is probably the last chance for this core, and they want to win one, uh, even if it's a, a you know a shortened season that kind of has an asterisk near it. Uh, they definitely still want to get that victory. Now, what hasn't aged well, Chris, since our last episode was our Shohei Otani. <laughs> uh, you know, he has been absolutely obliterated on the mound. He's basically just a straight DH now. Uh, obviously, he's got some sort of injury. And, uh, you know, we won't see him win the MVP. I can say that right now. It looks like he is going to win the MVP. It's probably Aaron Judge. That's the hottest hitter I've ever seen in my life. I mean, this guy is just crushing baseballs every single day. 
Um, but the Angels, by contrast here, Chris, are not playing that great of ball. Uh, they are 5-8 and eight after a win earlier today. Uh, their starter, Bundy, went the distance. And so they're 5-8. and eight. Now, they're only four games behind the 9-4 and four Oakland Athletics. Uh, the Astros at 6-5. and five. So there's a little chance here for the Angels. We saw Trout, obviously, leave. Uh, his child was born. You know, congrats to him. That's a, you know his first firstborn child, and it seems like everyone's healthy, mom and baby. So that's awesome. Trout's not back with the team, but the Achilles heel of this Angels team continues to pop up. The bullpen has been bad for what feels like forever. It's been three, four, five years. Their bullpen is just so bad. I've, I've lied, but against them several times, and it's paid off. I mean, it just seems like they always are out to lead. You, you just can't trust it right now with the way this bullpen kind of implodes late in games, but. The Angels, are, they still got a pulse here. Five and eight, four games back, an expanded playoff. They still have a chance. They have talent. What are your thoughts here on the Angels so far? I definitely think they're lucky that the expanded playoffs, plus the fact that division is pretty pretty clumped up, um, the Astros haven't run away with it, right, uh, or anything like that. So they're lucky in that regard. Um, Trout, obviously, is, is a big loss, but he could come back, I suppose, any day. You know, he just has to make that decision. Um, but first-time kid He's is back. Trout's Trout back. Oh, he came back. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Well, good for him. The first-time kid is a. That's the. There are very few things in your life. Those of us, those of us who have kids, and people listening who have kids, it is one of the few things I can think of in your life that, at the snap of a finger, instantaneously, your life is 100% different. Uh, even if you have tens of millions of dollars, like Mike Trout. So, I think the Angels. Uh, Everybody right. Everybody needs another arm, right? Everybody needs another guy in a bullpen who they who, who can do something. Uh, I think they're not going to do it, but that's and you said this. Otani oh, probably has some sort of injury that's professional from pitching, but that's you know that's something I'd like to see. Is could he go give you an inning in the middle of a game? You know, uh, get creative, right? Because the season's going to slip away from you if you don't try something. But all of it, you know. All of it's waiting until next year, protecting your guy, got to keep him healthy, like the Zion Williamson thing, right? Like if I owned a professional sports team, paid a guy millions of dollars to not play because we're trying to save him for next year, like what? I don't know what the point is uh, of things like that. So if he really is injured, don't put him out there. But if it's not, if it's a mental thing or he's not a great starter or something like that, like get him out there, right? Get another arm, try something because right now it's not working. Fair enough. Um, All right, well – before we talk about our picks moving forward here, which, you know, obviously we've talked about, it's, it's challenging for both basketball uh, and baseball, but things change very quickly. You know, we're recording this Thursday, August 6th in the evening, so all we have is some lines from tomorrow, but obviously things could change based on uh, scratches or guys playing more minutes than they should or whatever. Uh, so it's difficult. Obviously, football, is, is that's what makes it a little bit easier in terms of a podcast form, at least. But real briefly here, Chris, I want to talk about the opt-outs for football. We have seen some big-name Players opt out across the NFL and college football. So far, nothing for the Rams or the Chargers, to my knowledge. A lot of Patriots have opted out. Some big names have opted out as well. College football, we're seeing uh, it's a much more obvious, uh, you know, blueprint for who's opting out of college, right? It's the players that have two great years of film that are almost guaranteed to be first or second round picks that maybe even considered opting out if there wasn't COVID. They have absolutely nothing to gain but everything to lose, especially if you're on a team. It's not going to, you know, win a championship this year. You're not going to win the Heisman. Look, if Justin Fields opts out from Ohio State, which I've heard rumors of, it would make all the sense in the world. But he actually could win a Heisman this year. He could win a championship with Ohio State. When Rondale Moore, wide receiver for Purdue, opted out today, he is an amazing athlete. I haven't seen him play. I mean, this is going to be a surefire first-round pick in the NFL draft next year, maybe even top ten. He's an incredible athlete, incredible yep. receiver. They were going to win six, seven games. You know, obviously, 
he's going to have fond memories playing for Batu. He probably wanted certain wins. He wanted to go to a bowl game. However, what's the gain there for him? Very little. What's to lose? Your entire career, theoretically. Yep. Not, not just COVID, but obviously your injury, et cetera. So I think for college, it makes a lot more sense. We saw Michael Parsons from Penn State opt out. I think we're going to see a lot of big names uh, coming up here. Uh, you know, for the NFL, obviously, it's much different. This is your career. You're trying to make money. You're trying to build a case to get that next contract or a bigger contract or an extension or not get cut. You know, when a guy like Damian Williams offs out of the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, he's at the apex of his career right now. You know, played incredibly well in the Super Bowl. They just drafted a first-round running back to essentially take your job. Uh, and now you opt out of this season. That may be it for your entire career. And, and it's, you know, it's a difficult decision. He's obviously making what, what he feels is the best decision for himself. But uh, it's just a much, much different dynamic, obviously, in the NFL to opt out than it is in college. So, you know, as, an, as a former D3 athlete yourself there, Chris, I mean, just give me your thoughts on this. This has got to be such a difficult decision for not only the amateurs across college sports, but obviously the NFL players, which is a much shorter season. It's just got to be such a weird feeling. For college, I definitely, I would opt out too. If I was, if I knew where I was going, if I was going first, second, third round, that it was pretty, pretty for sure that's where I was going to be, I would be opting out too because my goal is to make millions of dollars, right? Is to go pro and make millions of dollars, winning a bowl game, getting a ring. Those are all nice to haves, but hawking my Heisman trophy for 10 grand isn't going to buy my Ferrari, right? But being on the Baltimore Ravens will. That's just smart business. And I think on the NFL, Damian Williams is is trying to do smart business too, right? He isn't going to play nearly as much. His stats are going to fall through the fall through the floor and I don't can't think of what his contract is, but my guess is he's going to be a free agent. He's going to point to the year before and he's going to say, listen, I set out because of health concerns. I'm still that same player that, you know, rushed for 980 yards and six touchdowns with the, with but the Chiefs. Shelf, the your one. shelf life is so small though for these running backs. Don't oh, you I, I, I agree a hundred percent. I agree. I think his narrative though is going to be like, I took a year off. I'm, I'm super healthy now. I saved the wear and tear. Um, I think it's just the narrative they're trying to tell, tell the story they're trying to tell. Um, we discussed that they do get some portion of their contract, so it's it's a little money, but not a lot of money. And I think right. it's they get case. like a stipend. Yeah, it's it's going to be a case by case thing for these for the pros, right? Are you going to try and get one more contract? Uh, so many front offices in every sports league are just borderline incompetent, and. Mm-hmm you know, won't do any kind of deeper thought other than like, oh yeah, like this is still the same guy, right? Like I've heard of, I've heard of Albert Pujols before. Let's give him $700 million. Uh, They will do things like that. And I think you're going to see some players that are just taking the odds in their favor that, listen, I'm taking a year off. It's super easy to point at health concerns and COVID. Nobody's going to, you know, push back on that. Uh, I can take a year off and maybe I can extend my career by two years or three years because I got this year off. Um, I just think they're making an informed business decision as, as mm-hmm. best they can regarding their contracts and, and current health. And I, you know, I don't, I don't fault them for that either. Ultimately, it, it is a business. It's going to hurt the product, of course, but uh, I very much feel like the NFL is next man up sort of thing. And they will, if you show up and you've got any kind of talent, they'll make a star of you and you'll be asking, you know, Damian Williams who, right? Patrick Chung, who you exactly. won't even think about these guys because the next guy up just made an interception that Sports Center has on repeat. Right, right, exactly. So that's a difficult decision for a lot of folks. It's it's very personal based on you know their circumstances, with their family, and their own personal health, and uh, and how they you know trust the league to obviously put them uh, in a safe environment. All right, I know Chris, you got a couple picks for this weekend. Uh, the Dodgers, as we mentioned, play the Giants here. What are your picks for that series? So yeah, as you said, it's it's tough to do. 
a lot of times we just don't have lines posted. And especially the way I do picks and to a certain extent, the way you do picks is I got to see the numbers so I can tell you whether there's fair value in these things or not. So it, it does make it difficult for a thing like basketball when I can't get lines posted at the time of our recording and we're not doing a late live radio show. So I can't tell you at this minute what things are doing, but with baseball, I just so happen to have a couple things posted. So Giants Dodgers uh, reignite the the fire. This is a tough bet. I hate this bet personally, but we bet it so very often. Score in the first inning. Sometimes you might see it on your local book as first inning over under plus a half minus a half. It's the same thing as score in the first inning. Yes, no. Uh, if you're looking for it, I like yes score in the first inning for Dodgers Giants. Don't take it for anything worse than say even money. Otherwise, you're just not getting fair value on that. I also like the over. I'm going to have three baseball overs, if you can believe it. Over nine total. Uh, I think we're going to see some runs here, mostly from the Dodgers. And if the Giants can squeak out one of those three-run innings, uh, we're going to be in business. And as far as the over-under value goes, look for plus 105, plus 108 in that area for the over. You should definitely be getting positive odds on that. Don't take anything negative for the over tomorrow. But both those bets... I like very much. I mentioned <clears throat> I still like this moving forward. I like taking over for shooters. Points, rebounds, assists, points, and especially those three-pointer ones. Guys are firing away. They're hitting shots. Don't be afraid to just go in. Just take a bunch of guys that over threes because it's happened. It's happening pretty heavily, although a lot of these bets are getting expensive as the rest of the market obviously catches up yep. uh, with what's actually occurring. So any final thoughts here, Chris? Episode 50, we're back. Uh, let's yeah. Let's hope we continue having a baseball season. My adopted team, the Dodgers, look great. My hometown team, the Cubs, look great. Uh, I still hate the White Sox because they're losing me significant amounts of money because they give up three runs in the bottom of the fifth and stop doing that, White Sox. You, um, yep, that's about it. Uh, enjoy it. I think basketball is going to get real. I really do think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. Well, we only got another week or so left of this restart before the playoffs begin. Right. Like, I think that it's just, I can't have, in recent memory, it just feels like every year is a bunch of really good teams in the West beating up on each other and the LeBron curb stomping the entire East because there isn't one decent team to put up a fight. It doesn't feel like that this year. The West is going to be, I think every series is going to be a good battle. Um, and the East has three respectable teams, and the Bucks look like uh, they're historically great on defense. And watching offense, uh, they're the best offense yeah. in the league right now. Watching watching Giannis play is is it's it's the weird. Street. It's like it's like watching Jared Lorenzen. For those of you uh, <laughs> old enough to know what a four hundred pound quarterback is like, yeah, a lefty quarterback. That's what like watching Giannis is like. He's just you're like, why is that He's center out at the perimeter? Way better than Jared Lorenzen. Let's, <laughs> let's throw right, it out there. Yeah. Let's not compare. The best athlete in today's modern basketball with a, you know, a cup of coffee with the Giants quarterback. But, uh, you know, I, I digress. Never mind whether I'm betting on it or not, but watching playoff basketball is, is going to be borderline appointment television. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun this year. And like I said, the, what they've done with the bubble is, you know, all the way around is, is very, very commendable uh, by the NBA. All right, well, that was episode 50 of Believe in Bending LA uh, for Stag Capital for the Believe Podcast Network. For Chris Lewert, I'm Sam Axel. Thank you guys for listening, and see you guys next time.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.